Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today, whether you're catching the show live or in person, live or in, live or in person, sorry, live or by archive. Uh, I'll see if I can get the brain working today. Uh, uh, welcome, United Direction. Um, uh, a little bit of quick little backlog about me, and then we'll kind of dive into our show here. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional uh, navigational consultant. Um, I don't like to use the word psychics, just simply people have too many connotations to that about what that needs to be. My expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot cards and runestones and a few other types of oracles that I work with. Um, I do home office sessions here in Phoenix as well as by phone and FaceTime and Skype um, by video with clients all over the country. Uh, I am a writer. I write a monthly column called Snake Oil, which is what we'll be talking about today. Uh, I published a couple of books, um, teach classes on a lot of different metaphysical subjects, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, all that good information is available on my website at jimventura.com. Uh, I also want to mention a few other kind of social media uh, outlets that have sprung up over the last year or two. Uh, one is I am doing monthly YouTube videos on YouTube. Um, that's Jay Ventura at Snake Oil. Uh, subscribe to that to get my uh, my monthly uh, videos there. Do completely different stuff on, on each site, by the way. Um, also on Instagram, and uh, I'm about to launch uh, a, a, a Talk to the Animals uh, the collection of videos for TikTok uh, within the next week or two as well. Um, so you'll be able to catch that if you search around for that as well. I'm sure I'll post more about that if you follow me on Facebook or here or get my monthly column, uh, which I highly recommend by emailing me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com. Get added to the every other month, I should say, column um, and uh, be able to get access to all that good information for free, of course. All right. So this is my um, live column read show, and this was a, a new column I do about five new columns a year, uh, sometimes even six, and do about six or seven actual um, you know, to print runs of my column. So I always try to follow up with a, um, a radio show so we can elaborate a little bit more on it. Um, you know, uh, interesting enough, one of the reasons I hesitated to get on TikTok was because 15-second videos was just not going to work for me. I just... I can't get information out in 15 seconds, but they have expanded them to one minute. In fact, you can even do three-minute videos there, so I will add some um, stuff about animal totems, uh, a format to there. Now it's becoming worthwhile. But today's show is a column I recently wrote called You Want a Piece of Me. End of letting a little of my New Yorker come out when I titled this. Uh, so I'm going to do a live column read, then I want to go into a little bit more detail about discussing this, and um, I, I, I won't be likely taking live calls during the show today. Um, I know I always get people jumping in, but um, I wish I had the time to, but, you know, most of those calls tend to be people asking for personal, you know, tarot card polls and, and, and things of that nature and astrology information, and I, I just find that that's not as helpful to a listening audience, very interesting to the person getting them. Uh, so if you want that kind of thing, you know, book a session, a private session, that's a better way to go. 
Because again, this column is called Do You Want a Piece of Me? I only caught the tail end of the peace decade. I was very young in the late 60s and early 70s when the peace, love, and understanding movement peaked. In spite of the turbulence from the Vietnam War, Nixon, and a host of other controversial things, there was something magical about some elements of the hippie movement and the free love concept. I really didn't fully understand or even much felt a need to strive for peace. I had glimpses of seeing its value, though. Snuggling up in bed with two dogs as a child made me feel safe and peaceful. My friends on the block would sometimes get into fights. Hell, sometimes I actually started them. But more often than not, we would make up and come to a place of peace again. It felt noticeably better in my home. My siblings and my mother weren't at odds with each other. Still, peace was a concept I didn't fully understand or even recognize how truly valuable it could be. They often even made fun of the idea of peace. Blessed, in quotes, at an early age with a wicked sense of humor, I frequently made fun of things that were ridiculous. There were abundant pop songs that focused on this theme. Some of them were cool. Some not so much. We went to Catholic Mass every Sunday. Even if you were sick, Mom absolutely made us go. There was a point during Mass when the priest would say, Peace be with you. And you had to dutifully respond with, and also with you. You would then say, let us offer each other a sign of peace. You would then have to shake hands with the people around you, even if you didn't know them. All I can think of was how awkward this was and how uh, many people might have picked their noses or the similar thoughts typical for the mind of a 12-year-old boy. I had real moments of shyness as well, so I hated this part of the service. Generally, when I felt uncomfortable, I typically made jokes. I haven't been to Mass for about 15 years now. I wonder if this is still done at all, especially since the dawn of COVID has sadly made large portions of the population afraid to even touch each other in any way. There was a singing Mass option, too. Mom avoided them like the plague, preferring a more somber, traditional approach to Mass. I would sometimes get to the 10 a.m. Mass on my own and still get church credit from Mom. There was a lot of guitar playing and soupy, cheesy songs mixed in. The nuns in school told us, as an added incentive, that if you sing, you pray twice. As much as I thought most of it was lame, I really still remember a lot of those songs. I must have liked some of them secretly. One that always stood out was, let peace begin with me. Let peace, let this be the moment now. With every step I take, let this be my solemn vow to take each moment and live each moment with peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. I think that's the second stanza about that song, by the way. Um, for a myriad of reasons, many people struggled in 2020. For me, that year actually wasn't that difficult. 30-something years of metaphysical studies and the use of alternative medicine gave me a peace many people sadly didn't have. I never really feared getting sick with a random illness because I know that there are always multiple layers to this happening, and the COVID lung pattern didn't fit me. In addition, I was blessed with some extra money in late 2019. 
this helped overcome a noticeable decrease in my business because of COVID restrictions. 2021 actually turned out to be a much harder year. Multiple uncomfortable dealings with banks while trying to refinance my home and a few other moves had me under intense, uncomfortable financial scrutiny for weeks. And when it was all said and done, I never even got what I was after. No debt from 2009 was purchased by a debt collector. And after filing a judgment many years ago, they went as far as doing a pull out of my checking account. There was an added expense for car repairs, home air conditioning, dental bills, and a few other gifts that plunged me back into credit card debt again. And strangely, worst of all, was the number of clients and friends apparently decided they didn't like my perspectives during the pandemic. Maybe to them I was now a bad guy. The ice and the cake was a loss of a 20-year friendship with two people I saw as true brothers or family. They decided for their own reasons that they needed to cut ties with me. A new budding, potentially intimate relationship with all kinds of magical connections uh, this spring ended abruptly before it really even took off when I experienced the uncomfortable act of being ghosted. I could see that they all had their own unique reasons for their choices, but these were hard ego hits for me, to say the least. The year by, uh, was by no means all bad. Heightened friendships with past loyal friends grew, and new friends entered the picture. My home doubled in value, practically. My health improved dramatically. The difficult tests helped me to confront old patterns that contributed to some real healing and a stronger sense of what I would allow or not allow in my life. I got enough banking knowledge to be able to keep the vultures at bay, maneuver more successfully, and to potentially resolve my financial banking stuff in 2022. Now it's just a test of patience. The people that fell out of my life, I could intellectually understand for the most part where they chose to exit. We were no longer in the same space. They were immersed in fear, victimization patterns, and we had simply grown apart. In some ways, it was even appropriate. My year of explosions and tests were painful, but also added to my knowledge and contributed to increased wisdom. These experiences helped me to be more empathetic, empathic. And the insights they gained assisted in my ability to share with clients who were also struggling with their own tests, many of them far worse than my own. A number of my younger clients and a few older ones admitted more thoughts of potential leaving this world with their own feelings of why bother. This understandable reaction to the havoc, the heightened fear, tribalism, and the ugliness so sadly common at the time was acting as a trigger. They were quite aware that important aspects of a childhood and lost experiences would never be retrieved, and many were understandably angry. The problem for me, as it was for most of us, was an emotional body. I felt abandoned and judged. It was staggering to feel these levels of disloyalty. It was difficult not to find myself brewing about the cruelty I experienced. I had many moments of pondering angrily about the gall of these friends, the nerve of those banks questioning my integrity. How is it even legal for debt collectors to buy up old debts for pennies on the dollar that are long written off and wreak such havoc? Why are repairs to my cars and homes so damn expensive? There was clearly a, still a hint of self-judgment and taking aspects of life too personally inside of me that was unleashed in the outer world and it had wreaked uh, destruction. Rune wisdom peeked through, as always, and I notably remember the quote, prepare then for opportunities disguised as losses. 
I like so many other people long to be at peace again, or maybe truly for the first time. I implored my higher self in meditation, prayer, and my dream state to help me get there. Insight, of course, began to trigger paths toward resolution when I willed myself to find the answers. It wasn't that I had to understand why all of my antagonists did what they did, although some answers did come through. It was becoming clear I had to practice being at peace in spite of those recent storms. One successful way I did this was to see what I was feeling, the anguish, as if it were a specific image, image on a phone screen or a tablet, and simply swipe left. Not to try to resolve it, just to say, not today. I could decide not to worry about it. This, would, this was extremely helpful. Another part was reminding myself that the adversity would always prove useful, even if I don't know why yet. It simply always proves true from past experiences. A harder but valuable act was just to wish the people and institutions that I felt anger about health and happiness, in spite of what they did. I could give it to my angels for transformation, in essence dealing with the harder testing aspect of wisdom of forgiveness. Listen, not a silly delusional plan to someday walk hand in hand into the sunset happily again with those I no longer trusted. I would, of course, unlikely place myself in positions again with anyone or anyone who would question my value or ghost me. Just a wonderful release that comes from forgiveness, the dropping of the part of me that is irritated when I think about any of it. This not only feels amazing, but also often opens new doors for future resolution in ways we may not be able to yet see. The interesting part to get there was I often had to fake it until I made it with feeling peaceful. Our beliefs, of course, do form our reality. So to some extent, this began to work. Feeling at peace became addictive. I wanted more of it. Forgiving others is not always easy, or even forgiving ourselves. My desire to be around those who seemed to have hurt me or even to need the help of banks at all began to shift. A new, more empowered perspective was taking hold of me. In addition, all of my wise-ass childhood jokes about religious songs and making fun of those who were playing out exaggerated elements of peace moved to a place of understanding. My chances of running back to church are mostly non-existent, but I was reminded that there is wisdom there too as well. I've evolved and gained a more mature, tolerant perspective about how everyone expresses their sense of spirituality. There is still some work ahead in all of this, but I'm happily and notably more at peace. I'm no longer searching for how to feel peace because I let peace begin with me. Okay, so I wrote this column back in early October. And, you know, I want to elaborate a little bit on this with the remaining time that we have, which actually isn't that much. It takes me like, you know, a good 10, 12 minutes just to read the column. Um, you know, listen, it would be... Uh, probably less common to consider anyone hearing this, of course, to have not had a total easy time in 2020 or 2021. Astrology was difficult, especially in 2020. Um, there was a lot of fallout in, in 2021, of course, and we're not finished yet by any means. Um, if, you, if you've caught any of the past columns I've written in the last year or two, I've talked about this in more detail about uh, you know COVID nineteen and and the issues with inflation and you know a lot of other things that are hitting us um, 
you will kind of catch if you do, just as a good note point. I don't really speak much about politics in my columns. I will make references to it from a spiritual perspective. I should know some of you, like, what spirituality is connected with politics. <laughs> and, yes, there is. Uh, but it's not really my heavy focus. Um, I've talked about that before. Um, you know, I, I don't – when it comes to political points of view, I tend to be much more of a centrist and there are areas where the right is wise, and there's areas where the left is wise, and there's tons of areas where both of them are dopes, uh, of course. Um, but, you know, so again, you know, listen, it was a turbulent year. I, in my numerology, I was in an eight-year, um, and, uh, you know, if you, I, I, I am a numerologist, and, um, you know, we go through cyclical year patterns, too, and I was personally in an eight-year. The universal year twenty of 2021 was a five. That's about change and turbulence and movement and button pushing and all kinds of shifts, um, good and bad. Um, my personal numerology was an eight, and that's about dealing with, the tan- dealing with the tangible world, power, having it, not having it, you know, trying to find a way to express it. So the, all the stuff I had personally dealt with with the banking, oh, my God, I'm telling you. I was ready to blow my brains out practically during the, the spring, you know, in early summer with the refinancing, just the hoops to jump through and the nonsense and God almighty, you know what I mean? It, ugh, it just left me, you know, just not wanting to deal with any of it. Um, you know, even after I was done trying, I had friends that were like, oh, you can do this now. And I'm like, say another word, I will have to strangle you. I didn't even want to talk to and deal with the bank point of the game. It's just very, very frustrating. But I did learn a lot. And as I mentioned in the piece, you know, eight years, again, have to do with, with coming into power. So there were added moments of power and energy building in my life, um, some good moves I made. And I did learn a lot through all of it. Um, uh, I can go into detail about that. You know, it's more personal, so, you know, a little boring in that way. But um, as the year is progressing, uh, I'm definitely in a much more confident space. A lot of it had to do with coming to peace about a lot of these different things. So there were the practical, practical details of it. But an area that, again, that for me was more of an eight thing, but for everyone, you know, kind of listening, you know, one of the things, and I had talked about this in other ways in, in other columns too, is if you haven't had some type of ups and downs with friendships, family, relationships, um, things of that nature in the last year or two, consider yourself lucky. Um, that is a very, very, um, it's been a very, very common theme. People have lost friendships and relationships have ended and, you know, fights within family members. You know, the tribalism and the political anger and the perspectives on COVID, it's very, very ugly for a while. So that's been very, very heightened. So I experienced a lot of that, of course, myself, um, as I had mentioned in the piece that I was talking about here um, a 20-something year friendship with uh, a couple friend of mine where, like, I was uncle to the kids. And, you know, I mean, just, ugh, I, I want to get into the detail of it. But it was really rather shocking to me in a lot of ways to deal with something like that. And it hurt. Um, and I, you know, I also had a lot of, um, a number of clients that, you know, um, are sort of mad at me um, because I'm not towing the line uh, according to what I should be doing about COVID or shouldn't be doing or things of, of that nature as well, too. Very, very silly to me. Um, I don't live in a world where everybody has to think the same way. And I've been 
involved in metaphysics and alternative medicine healing for, for 35 years. Um, I don't change course on what I've studied for decades. Confident as can be in what I've studied and I've learned. I'm not diving into the nonsense a lot of people were buying during this period of being heightened, fearful, and hiding. And God almighty, so if you're mad at me about it, move along. You know what I mean? This is just silliness. I'm not having it. But as I had mentioned in the piece, that what's less relevant to that is, again, we can, we can always analyze things from, a again, an, an analytical perspective, especially if we're intellectually centered and that is our primary wiring. But the truth is things get lodged in our emotional bodies. And in actuality, a lot of the events that occur in our life are because they're unresolved issues within our emotional bodies. And when that happens, of course, you know, they eventually get projected out into the world in circumstances and situations that, that have to be um, inevitably dealt with. So that's one of the reasons why it's good to sort of work through healing your emotional body. You know, very, again, very few of us have not dealt with some type of trauma from childhood. Even if you had a good childhood, there's pockets and things that, that were probably likely difficult. And if you've had a difficult, bad childhood, then you've got plenty to draw from, <laughs> you know what I mean, in terms of dysfunction or difficulty. So, you know, two of the elements I had mentioned in that, just to elaborate on that, one is the feeling of abandonment. Um, you know, when you're ghosted by someone or, you know, friendship for years, they stop speaking to you. There's an element of abandonment to that. Um, and with the banking stuff, as an example, that I was dealing with, a lot of it was um, scrutiny of judgment, um, you know, literally, um, you know, one, when I, I had the banking pull from the, from the collector, one time pull, um, wasn't a ton of money, but it still felt like a punch in the gut. Um, I, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it, it was a, you know, a form of, it was, it was a literal judgment. <laughs> so it translates that word into energy. And a lot of it, again, it's about judgment. This is something I've written about in the last uh, couple of years about issues I had had uh, a few years back with kidney stones. Kidney issues often have to do with, with issues with judgment from others, or unresolved issues of judgment of the self or others. So this was another element of this that I dealt with with banks because when you're refinancing, they're digging into your finances and questioning everything you do and looking at your credit debt and your credit score. And so, yeah, a lot of further judgment. So deeper elements uh, going on there. But like I pointed out in the piece, the difficulty always has purpose because even if it sucks, and it sucks, um, you know, uh, there's transformation around it. You often can uncover limiting beliefs that you have or fears or unresolved anger, and all those things can come to surface. So there's always sort of a point to it. And, again, you know, when I reread the piece, I, I always loved this quote from the Runestones, uh, one of the many oracles that I work with with clients is Viking Runestones. And the quote is, prepare then for opportunities disguised as loss. And, really, that's a, it's a simple collection of words, but there's a really deeper truth to it. Sometimes we've outgrown things, and they no longer fit us. And that is just the reality of our lives. Um, you know, we, we sometimes have 30, 40, 50-year friendships or relationships, but more often than not, we don't. People come into our lives and they go and we move away, we change jobs, we, you know, you're a, you're a single person without kids and your friends all have kids. A lot of times I'll kind of push you out 
of the packaging, too, because you're not on that same page with them or vice versa. You know, these are very common things that um, we go through throughout life. Uh, but it can still be difficult, again, in the emotional body. That's where it tends to get lodged. And, again, where a lot of the events are created from. So let's take uh, the remaining time here to talk a little bit about how to get to peace, as I did you know, um, briefly touch upon in the, uh, the piece itself. So, yeah, I had a, you know, personally, and, you know, I always sort of think, like, it's important for me to get to solve and heal things because that way when I do, I'm going to be of more value to my clients. So it's dual for me, sun in the seventh house. We're on the cusp of the eighth, by the way, if you understand astrology. Um, so I do it for my friends, for my clients, for the people that I interact with. The seventh house sun is, you know, about interacting with others as part of the life task and life purpose. I also do it selfishly for myself. I want to feel better. But I always think that that's, to me, it's the proof is in the pudding. You know, if you're going to a healer, um, whether that be a doctor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or a tarot card reader or a, you know, a masseuse or a if you're talking to someone who's a complete mess, I'm not really sure how much they're going to help you. I'm not saying they can't, but, again, to be proof in the pudding, how does this person, you know, come across? It's like going to a really overweight, out-of-shape personal trainer. Sort of seems, a, you know, a little silly. Again, no judgment. Sometimes people like maybe a trainer that's not so perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a, but as general, let me know what I'm talking about here. So I always try to do these things for myself but also for others. So, again, that became the goal. A very turbulent year, it became more clear that I had to get at peace because I'm telling you, and I think a lot of you will understand this, when you're hurt by people, circumstances and situations, it is a weird thing because, like, it's, it's hard not to think about it. You'll get in the car, you're thinking about it, you can find yourself brewing about it, you know, while you're doing the dishes or the points, especially when the, um, the assaults are, quote, unquote, extremely egregious or, you know what I mean, or cruel. Um, it's not that easy to shake. So uh, we think about it. So how do you stop doing that, right? You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to go away right away. Um, so I, yeah, I had to kind of figure out, like, I knew what the issue was. It was hard for me to, to stop thinking about it, even the, the ghosting that I went through. I don't think ghosting is new, but, you know, I think it's just a more common thing that people do to each other. I think, like, if you, you, you got rid of a friend or you entered a relationship or something, there's a little bit more explanation involved in the past. I think people just ghost you and disappear. That might be better, maybe. I don't know, I don't know what could be said anyway that would solve those things, but... Um, again, it's even a little more difficult when that ghosting comes from people you've been friends with for years or intimate with in any way. But, again, it gets sort of lodged in your mind. You're thinking about it. You're analyzing. You're feeling it. You're reacting. You're, you know, I would say, again, for me, I'm a fire sign. So I have to resist the part of me that when I get angry that wants to go strangle somebody. Um, I've been resisting that for years. Uh, <laughs> thank God for the people around me and myself. Um, I could tell a number of funny stories about things I've thought about doing when, when people have pissed me off, but I'm, 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 I'm really adept at, like, curbing that fire because uh, I can think far enough in advance to where that's going to lead me, you know. Um, 
so I, I learned how to curb it. So again, that became an issue. How do you get to peace? And yeah, and I joked about it when I was writing this piece about how I made fun of it. Because you know, if you you look back at the late sixties and the seventies with the with the hippies and the beatnik movement and all of that, even if you weren't alive during that period, it was really you know interesting. The you know the the whole peace, love, and understanding movement and Woodstock and all those things. And and again, I joked about it, but there were elements of that that were really quite beautiful, actually. You know what I mean? You know, the whole uh, energy of it to me, you know, there was, a, there was almost a hint of sort of Christ energy to that. Even though it was exaggerated, it's not the same dynamic of, of understanding the more religious concept of Jesus or that energy. But there was something that was, you know, people sort of looked like Jesus, the guys, <laughs> you know what I mean? in a way with the long hair and, you know, and so it became, you know, an interesting thing about the idea of just loving people and and and, and being at peace in general. So, yeah, I made fun of it. Tons of songs uh, from those errors, you know, like uh, Peace Train with Cat Stevens and Give Peace a Chance, I think from John Lennon. Uh, you know, you can learn all kinds of songs about it. And like I talked about, the, you know, the Catholic Church Mass I used to go to when I was a kid. But, yeah. It's a pretty cool thing when you're at peace, when, you know, when you get there, um, when you're relaxed, when you're simply at peace, when you're not bothered by events or circumstances around you, when you're able to let the negativity flow through you. Um, that's a great thing to strive for. And I would sort of say, you know, the harder the, um, the, 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 the abuse is, in that sense, the more empowering it is to overcome it, interestingly enough. You know what I mean? Then the test is even deeper. So I, like I'm sure many of my listeners know, and, and my readers, you know, who read the column initially, understand that, yeah, you were probably tested this year, and certainly last year as well, or, or multiple parts of your life. How do you get around it? How do you get through it? So a couple of suggestions I've made. Again, let me kind of elaborate a little bit more on those. Um, one is, you know, what I ever so humorously say is, you know, like just to swipe left. And what I mean by that is like, you know, it's like you start to brew about something. I can't believe somebody did that to me and how dare she or how, you know what I mean? And it's put into your mind. And like, I just started like taking that as an image in my mind. And like literally, because this is an easy uh, visualization because most of us have phones or tablets or you understand the concept of swiping left, you know what I mean, depending on these dating apps and things like that. You, you, know, you I think you swipe right if you're interested or left if you're not, maybe different in different apps. But the concept of seeing it that way and swiping left really actually started freeing a lot of that from me. I would just do that and just be like, I'm not going to think about this right now. I don't care. It doesn't matter what they did. It, it's irrelevant to me. Swiping left. I'm not going to focus on this file. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. But right now that's not what I'm going to do. That alone was huge because that really began a lot of movement for me in a way. I began to realize, like, when you're choosing to focus on the assault, on the, on the, on the hurt, and, and many of you who've had abuses from childhood, the extreme ones, um, you know, you can bury it, you know, and pretend it away, although it's going to erupt anyway, or, or you can learn how to sort of accept it 
And that's sort of the second part of this about acceptance. You know, you can take it. If someone was abusive to you, maybe they were abusive because it's karma and you were paying back a karmic debt. I often explain that to clients. It's not an uncommon thing um, to set yourself up unconsciously for karmic debt, to be repaired or repaid. Maybe the person who treated you like crap is because a couple of lifetimes ago you treated someone like crap. So you've chosen at a higher self level to experience it from the other side. So if that's the case, then you're, you're, you're clearing a debt. You've paid it back. So there's a good side there. And if it's a new debt, so to speak, in time, then that person owes you and they'll pay you back another time, another place. You know what I mean? So leave it alone. Another good way to kind of move through that. The other point that I had, I had sort of brought up with this was like, you know, the, the classic example of forgiveness is that you – you say, I wish these people health and happiness, um, you know, uh, even though I'd like to strangle them, I'm just going to wish them health and happiness. You know, if they hurt you, um, either like when I use the example of the banking thing, the bank wasn't trying to do anything to me. You know what I mean? People individually can feel a lot more personal. The one was to learn to not personalize what um, institutions and things are doing to you. Um, two, when it's more personal in that way, um, you know, forgiveness, like I said, it's a hard thing to get to, but you can request that from your higher self and your angels to help you achieve a more loving vantage point. And, again, let me elaborate on that. A more loving vantage point doesn't mean that you, you completely forgive the person. Sometimes the atrocities that they did were literally that, atrocious. So you're not going to go skipping in the sunset with them and your buddies again. You know, I mean, listen, there are going to be circumstances where it's just, again, too egregious, too difficult to ever trust someone or be around it. But that being said, if you're focusing on being angry, to some extent you're still giving away your power to them, no matter how abusive it was. So there can be a value in, in moving to those higher levels, and we do that by asking our higher self to help us get there. We ask our spirit guides, our angels, to help lift our energy, our consciences up, move our chakras up away from the more guttural parts of ourself and take an enlightened point of view, and that becomes forgiveness. You know, to say, I don't agree with what you did. I don't want you around me. You know, I always think of the, I call it the magical old soul formula. Do it anywhere, do it anywhere but here. I care what you do, but don't do it in my backyard. You know what I mean? I'm not interested. I don't care what you are, what you do. Congratulations, but get lost. Don't do it here. Uh, listen, that in and of itself is still healthy. You can be friends with every ex or every person who abused you. That's just silliness. In fact, that can create even more complications. So there is a way to do that energetically by asking, and that's helpful. You ask your spirit guides. You ask in the dream state. One of the great things I always explain to people with working with things like runestones or animal totems or angel cards or even tarot to some extent is understanding and awareness. It's not about predicting the future. It may be at times, but it's more less about that and more about self-awareness and heightened evolution of consciousness and about events and circumstances and how to move through them and navigate through them more effectively. So this is another example of it. You know, one of the... Uh, things I, I really always loved was um, I remember kind of getting this from the Louise Hay angel cards that I still work with with clients and occasionally I'm for myself when I pull them is there's a line in one of the cards about forgiveness where she says I'm willing to release the part of you that is irritated when I think of you 
<laughs> you know, I love that because that's it. You're just releasing your irritation. It doesn't mean you're pretending away the abuse wasn't there, that you weren't hurt by it. You're just letting go of the part of you that continues to be irritated about it. It is what it is. It happened, you know. And in actuality, the strange thing about life is some of the worst things that happened to us actually moved us um, in, in forward in career, in, uh, in our own evolution. There can be good that springs out of crappy things. Um, you know, purpose can spring out of difficulty. So it is a great um, understanding to realize that, you know, things lead us somewhere in that sense, even if they're particularly bad. I mean, even if the only thing you learn from dealing with a terrible person, so to speak, is to spot and smell terrible people, that's good work. Uh, you know, I always, uh, one of the, I always sort of think of that as one reference to the, the moon card in, in Tarot, the moon reversed, often indicates the ability to use intuition and intellect together. Um, and, you know, another version of that to me is like, you can spot crap. You can see it coming. And, you know, it's like, you don't delude yourself to think that you're going to date someone uh, and they're going to become other than they are. If they're an alcoholic, they're still an alcoholic. Even they say they're going to stop drinking. I mean, these are things that generally happen as you get older and wiser, but we all can learn how to do more of that. So I think difficulty can be useful that way. So yeah, just love that analogy about um, I'm willing to release the part of me that's irritated when I think of you. And, you know, and the final part of, of at least in my formula of getting there is I, I had, I had said, you know, in the, in the writing piece that I faked it until I made it. And I got to tell you, maybe it's something that, is particularly um, prone for Sagittarians, but I don't think Sagittarians have a complete handle on it. I think everybody can do it. I think that we often fake it until we make it anyway, um, in, in multiple areas. You know, if you recognize that your beliefs form your reality, if you begin to impose a new belief in play, often, you know, the universe will begin to find a way to make that reflected back to you in your reality. Um, you know, there are cases, where, you know, listen, if your focus is to become the Queen of England, um, you're probably not going to pull that one off. So I'm not talking about stupid stuff here. I'm talking about if you want to make more money or be more successful or be prettier or, you know, a lot of that is your belief about yourself. And when those change and you see yourself differently and believe differently about yourself, the, the, your body changes, your energy changes, your opportunity eventually changes around you. This is the way life works. So the fake until you make it thing, to some extent, makes sense. Listen, you initially know that you're not at peace. We use that as the example. But you're just pretending to be at peace. And like I had said, what I noticed when I just pretend to be at peace anyway, I'm like, I'm a peace man. You know what I mean, I was just, I would start to feel more at peace. And then um, I truly became addicted to it. I really loved being at peace. Um, Sometimes I, 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 I say that I'm being lazy. And I guess in my mind, I associate laziness with peacefulness too. I don't always want to be doing something. And there's a lot of wisdom and insight, even just pure rest that comes from being lazy once in a while. I want to be lazy all the time. But I'm, you know, I just turned 57. I like being lazy for a fair amount of time. <laughs> I've worked enough in this life. I'll continue to work, but I want to work all the time. So, yeah, you fake it until you make it. Your beliefs form reality. You begin to understand that. You visualize it. You 
see it, you state it to the universe, and yeah, often in a matter of days, sometimes hours, days, weeks, even months, you begin to see that outer situation reflected back to you. Anyway, you're doing this anyway, really ultimately in almost all areas of your life anyway, so you might as well do it in a constructive way. And again, peace is great because it is what it sounds like. You're at peace. You're relaxed. You're calm. Um, you know, when I titled this piece, I called it You Want a Piece of Me. You know, I was tapping back into my sort of New York roots, the more aggressive sides to me, and that's a common thing to say, hey, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Kind of a, as a prelude to a fight or an argument or a difficulty. Um, I didn't do this accidentally. One, I did it because as a writer, I love titling things. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, Two, um, that's it. When you're thinking about how someone abused you or did something difficult, you know, you're giving them a piece of you, P-I-E-C-E, of you. You're choosing to do it. Again, unless they're currently doing that to you, you know what I mean, more often than not, the thing that's irritating you is something that's already happened. So you keep giving a part of yourself away. So that's what the key is. You're learning to be at peace, um, and not give these pieces of yourself away. It becomes selfish in a positive sense. You don't get that from me. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be at peace. I'm not going to be bothered by what you did. Yeah, you're a jerk. And congratulations. Good luck with that. Get lost. Move along now. Do what you're going to do. Do it to others. Don't do it in my yard. I'm, I'm, we're finished here. Um, that's legit. But it's just a focusing on the abuse endlessly where it, it doesn't transform. And I can tell you from having achieved, I'm at like about 75% of peace now, definitely not 100%. I'm still working toward it. Um, like even, you know, a lot of interesting solutions emerged around uh, the banking stuff and the financial things. Very interesting options that are on the horizon I can work with um, that came out of it because I stopped focusing on being pissed off about it. Um, and, and, again, I, some new friends, new relationships came into my life. Um, my loyal friends who did not abandon me, you know, during the COVID thing, um, our relationships grew stronger. I'm so proud of them, you know, that they're not buying this nonsense and living in fear. And, and like my other friends that ditched me are still doing to some extent. So see the, the new opportunities spring out of it that we can't see. So this is why I recommend finding a way to peace. And lots of different ways to do it, um, and, uh, and uh, it is just a great thing to get to. All right, it looks like we're running low on time here, so 45 minutes goes fast. Um, apologize again to my callers. I just generally don't take live calls during shows. Um, I'm going to try to set up uh, – I'm not going to try. I'm going to set up an astrology show to other astrologers at the beginning of next year, so look out for that. Again, if you subscribe to my column um, – my everyone's column and email me adventure Sage Yahoo for that. You'll be able to know when these things are coming up and mark them on your calendar. Um, same thing if you follow me on Facebook and and Instagram. You know, I, I sometimes will bring those things up there. The best find places to follow my my you know scheduling is through Facebook or through direct. Uh, but uh, I will. I want to do a show 
with a couple of astrologers talking about the themes coming in the end. We'll probably take some live calls during that show. So I will occasionally do live call shows, but they usually connect with astrology shows. So we'll get one of those books, and I'll, I'll let you guys know when that's in play. So, again, reminder, you know, email me to get on my mailing list for the column. It's blind copy. No one ever gets that info. Um, your info, I don't sell it or anything like that. It's only in every other month. Oh. A very good idea. I highly recommend this is YouTube, Jay Ventura, Snake Oil. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I do great, you know, six to ten, eleven minute videos there. Um, you can learn a lot. You don't have to spend any money, obviously. And if you want information about booking a session with me, uh, I don't do a ton of each week. I do maybe twelve a week, and so sometimes I book up a week or two in advance. Some weeks I'm slow, so it's always worth asking. Uh, but you know, get a one-on-one session. It's worth your time, your money, and your energy. It, it could be really, really valuable. Um, and there's many different things I do. All the good information available at jimventura.com. All right, guys, so wishing everybody a happy holiday season. Also, uh, quick last note, I'm doing a promotional special for gift certificates between 10 and $75 off on the purchase of three gift certificates just from now until July, July, uh, December 31st. So, Again, email me about that. You can find some information about that on Facebook or on my website or direct email me and hop, buy up some gift certificates, friends, family. Um, great um, to do numerology, animal totems, even sometimes astrology for children and young people. Give them that opportunity to know who they are and where they're heading at a young age or even just for yourself. Buy yourself a gift certificate or two. So these are going to be available, again, until uh, – until uh, December 31st. All right, wonderful holiday. Great chat with everybody today. We'll catch you next time. Cheers.